It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. Another story today of empowerment, of renewal and restoration. If you're a golfer, you have probably heard the term mulligan. Mulligan, if you don't know what that means, is if you're playing golf and you have a bad shot, which I have a few of those, your ball goes into the woods, it goes into the water, you say, well, let me get a mulligan. You get a (laughs) do-over. I don't think it's legal. I've never seen it in the PGA Tours, but it's a fun thing. You know, God has allowed us through his son, mulligans. In other words, can we ever really do anything in our life bad enough that God would reject us? The answer is no. In fact, the Bible is full of stories of men and women who just really did reprehensible things. But God used every single one of them to complete his purpose in their life. Paul, we hear about him a lot in Sunday school classes. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. Saul persecuted and killed Christians. But yet, on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with God. And the rest of the story is God used him until it was time for him to leave this world to accomplish his purpose of sharing the good news of Christ. My story today illustrates the point. My guest grew up as a child prodigy, was even on a national television show, and then he took his voice and sang to the world until one day he was introduced to heroin, stayed on Skid Row for eight years in Los Angeles, and everybody had given up on him except God. Did you ever feel this? Maybe you feel that way now, that everyone has given up on you, or maybe you've given up on a child or a loved one. But God will never, never Give up on you or anyone that is breathing today. He is faithful to the faithless. We can never do anything for God to love us anymore, and we can never do anything for God to love us any less. So as you listen to today's story, that it doesn't matter what we've done It matters what we do and that we really want to change the circumstances in our life. I know as a person that grew up crazy, family, just all kinds of crazy things. I've done a lot of crazy things in my life. But I always knew that no matter what I did, he was, God was like my grandmother. My grandmother, I never knew her to say a bad word. I never knew her to not hug me and hold me. Even when I was mean and I sassed her, she showed me the true unconditional love 
of a grandmother. God is a hundred times more than that. So today, you're going to enjoy this story with Bobby Hayden Jr. So get your coffee, or if you're driving, turn it up, no distractions, and be blessed, and let yourself know that you can never get out of God's will if you're willing to say, Lord, I stop, I surrender, I give myself to you. Let's just say a quick prayer. Just repeat this. Dear Jesus, I need a mulligan. I need a do-over. So speak to my heart. Change my life. Amen. Speak to my heart. Change my life. Amen. Now it's time for my guest, Bobby Hayden Jr., to share his amazing story of God's restoration in his life. Bobby, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Who is Bobby Hayden? Well, at a very, very young age, five or six years old, I started uh, piano lessons, and I started climbing up on the piano stool, and I wrote a song called The Son of Abraham. I was raised Catholic, and to tell you the truth, at that age, I didn't know Abraham from Peyton Manning. (laughs) But for some reason, I wrote the song called The Son of Abraham. And my mother heard me singing this particular song on the piano every day. And then she got out the Frank Sinatra records, the Judy Garland records, the Al Josen records. And she started uh, training me every day after school to sing along with these records because she was a big fan of Judy Garland and all the all the Broadway shows and the, the old standards. So I started singing these uh, songs around my hometown of Evansville, Indiana, and one thing led to another. Uh, I went to Chicago, and uh, I was runner-up on the Ted Mack Amateur Hour. And one thing led to another, and I found that we found ourselves in New York at the Johnny Carson Show, the Milton Berle Show. I came to Nashville. I did the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, and it just, uh, I was a legend in my own mind by the time I was 10 years old, singing these old standards. And then the Beatles came on the Ed Sullivan Show. And I sit there on that Sunday night, and I said, Mom and Dad, that's what I want to do. And they didn't agree with that decision. So they kind of pulled the plug a year later on my musical career. And because I had a big, big void to fill from that euphoric uh, feeling of show business and traveling the country. And I became addicted to applause at a very young age. And as you might might have heard or you might know it doesn't really work out good for a lot of child stars they usually end up going through something so i ran away at 16 started playing in rock and roll bands wound up in hollywood in 1980 and then the party started a big party huh they call it the glitter field the glitter field halls of mtv Wow. <laughs> and I got, I, I started, I moved in with some guys in Hollywood in 1980, and they worked, they went to work for Ozzy Osbourne. 
and they become great friends of mine. And the whole '80s rock music scene was it, a lot of it took place right there in North Hollywood, which is the San Fernando Valley. And I played all those gigs around town with all the the well-known bands, Poison, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. Uh, Randy Castile played for Ozzy for 13 years. And so the touring started, the party started. And in the 80s, there was a pandemic cocaine problem. And we were we were snorting uh, cocaine. It, it was a it was a social thing. However, I didn't know the seeds that I was planting. Same thing with alcohol. The drinking became a social uh, uh, problem, but it, later on, it became alcoholism. The cocaine became an addiction. The lifestyle became an addiction. Uh, my life was all about me, Ron. Me, me, and me. And uh, it led to a very, very dark place. Then one day, somebody introduces you to heroin. Wasn't it in Detroit? It was your first taste of heroin? Yeah, it was uh, It was the late 80s, and uh, the pandemic cocaine problem had actually led into trying to relax at the end of the day. And, and the heroin uh, became popular. Uh, it, it became popular in Seattle. It became popular in in Los Angeles. And it was a it was a way of just unwinding and sedating yourself from all the hoopla and the and the gigs and the 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 accolades. And it was life in the fast lane. And all of a sudden, this heroin kind of slowed it down. But in the meantime, the addiction that it that it brought. It took over my life. It be, heroin became my mama, my daddy, my girlfriend, my career. And the people in Los Angeles recognized this. And a lot of those people gave up on me. So the gigs throughout the 80s got smaller and smaller. And by the 90s, I went to Michigan because the classic rock scene became uh, big around the country. So I was doing a lot of classic rock shows with Mountain and Quiet Riot was actually considered classic rock. And that's where I became addicted to heroin in Detroit and ended up taking a bus back to Los Angeles in 1998 and went down into Skid Row, purchased some heroin, and went to sleep uh, behind a row of bushes and stayed there behind that row of bushes for actually a year before I got me a cardboard box. So, Bobby, how long did you live in a cardboard box? I was downtown Los Angeles in Skid Row for nearly eight years. Wow. And what I, I, I would like to take a minute and just paint a picture of the darkness that, that I was set free from. When you're homeless, Ron, you don't bathe for a year at a time. You stand on the side of the freeway with a sign that says, I will work for food. And you stand there all day, all afternoon, and most of the night to feed this addiction of heroin. There's a big, uh, uh, downtown Los Angeles, heroin is very, very easy to get. It's sold on every street corner. And when you're addicted to heroin, you have to be close to it. So it just takes over your life. I injected heroin eight to ten times a day, 
my arms were so scarred with needle injections that I had to revert to my legs. So I would take the needle, stick it right through my blue jeans into the muscles of my legs every day, five to ten times a day. Well, my body was totally scarred. I had poison oozing out of my legs. Uh, Bus drivers would see me on a corner waiting for a bus, and they would notice that I was who I was, and they would drive right on by. So I started waiting on buses that never came. And when I would go to the hospital, they would, they would for, for such things as scabies or, or fleas from sleeping on broken down mattresses, they would make me stand on the sidewalk. So this, this idea of life I had in the 80s of being this rock god, for lack of a better term, I had became a broken man pushing a shopping cart with aluminum cans standing and begging on the side of the road for eight years. And one day, near death, a homeless man came up to me and said, Bobby, you are dying. You need to pray in the name of Jesus. And Ron, I looked at him and said, dude, I know who God is. I'm a Catholic. And he said, well, Bobby, how's that working out for you? And right then he pulled out that Bible and started showing me verses about speaking the name of Jesus out my mouth. He told me, Ron, that there would be a cashless society one day. And that's what got my attention because all my dealings with people on the side of the road to get money for my addiction was always cash. So I thought to myself, wow, if there's no cash, how in the world am I going to afford my 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 heroin that that I live off of and keeps me keeps me moving around and so God used just the right things to to capture my imagination to find out more about this man named Jesus so this man named Mark that was talking to me came by my camp every night and I ended up calling him Jesus I would ask my friends I said hey have you seen Jesus tonight and they go, no, he hadn't been around a couple of days. And then a couple of days later, he'd come back and we would read verses, just easy verses like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through the Son. So this, this Word of God was getting on the inside of this broken, heroin, homeless man, myself. And one day in a dumpster, I was hiding from the police and I was injecting heroin. And I was eating pizza, garbage out of the dumpster, and the ants were biting me on the inside of my throat. And I couldn't scratch them, Ron. And I had came to the end of my rope, right where God's office usually is, and I cried out in the name of Jesus, send me some hope. Send you some hope? I just needed some hope. I was broken. I couldn't do it anymore. You couldn't and do it. And the only thing that I could virtually yell out of my mouth while I was breaking in this dumpster and crying my eyes out was, if you're real, in the name of Jesus, send me some hope. Because that's what this guy had told me, to speak his name out my mouth. Wow, what an amazing story, Bobby. I'm going to take a break. And when we return, 
I want you to tell the listeners about how you met Hope in that dumpster and what you were up to today. Okay? Yes, indeed. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Do you wonder about your future? Are the challenges of life becoming overwhelming? The challenges of life affect us all. And God wants you to know He loves you and wants to help you. God is for you and not against you. In fact, God loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus into this world just for you. As you learn to depend upon Jesus as your personal trainer, you'll have access to His infinite wisdom, power, and strength. And by hearing and reading His Word, God will show you the answers to all your problems. And soon, you'll begin to see a greater measure of success in every area of your life. Never forget that when you invited Jesus into your heart, your past was erased, setting you free to discover your destiny, your purpose in life. You are destined for success. So be determined today to enjoy success by God. Welcome back, listeners. On the phone with me is Bobby Hayden Jr. The little piece of music you just heard, he wrote that. He wrote that after Hope visited him in a dumpster and he met Jesus. Tell us a little bit. We want to get back to how you met, how you were transformed, but that song, The Same is Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about that song that you wrote. Well, I was in Indianapolis. I had be, I had to, uh, I came back to Indianapolis to visit my family. Uh, all the relationships were renewed. I actually uh, met Jesus in 2008, and uh, I was saved. And when I got back to Indiana, uh, I continued my walk, and my music just started changing. From from writing songs like, uh, Baby, Baby, You're My Baby, Baby, Honey, Honey, You're My Honey, Honey, I just dove a little deeper and these songs started coming uh and the the clergy around town and people that that have mentored me they they started coming to my house and they said bobby where are these songs coming from and i told them i just uh uh and one man told me one day he said bobby when there's an earthly brokenness there's a heavenly openness and i never forgot that and when God does a big thing in you, he does it because he's got a big thing to do through you. And my life flipped upside down. I told this story uh, on many Christian TV programs, our par, 700 Club, starts and formed a ministry, Cardboard Box Ministries, and it just hasn't stopped, Ron. When it looks real dark to someone out there, what it actually does, Ron, it causes one to start looking for the light switch. And that light switch, in my case, 
was flat out Jesus. So that hope that came to you that day in a dumpster and transformed your life, and that was back in uh, 2008, you said, is when you came to Jesus? Yes, and I might, I might as well say this. I've had no triggers. I haven't had a drink of alcohol. My heart did a 180, and the desires of my heart changed. And it all started just by walking through that door that said Jesus on it. Uh, it, it, it just changed my way of thinking. Revelation started coming to me about, about things that I missed and where I actually was on this planet. And it just, I just got to know, let me just look back up and just tell you what really happened. In 2007, while in that dumpster, I cried out in the name of Jesus, send me some hope. The very next day, a man knocked on my cardboard box by the name of Mr. Esperanza. And he said, I'd like to put you on a bus to a rehab in Phoenix, Arizona. I got on that bus, Ron, and when I got to that rehab, they told me that Esperanza in Spanish actually means hope. And that's the way God communicates with you. He starts showing me beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was pursuing me and that he loved me. And I just started reading the word and finding out. I didn't understand a lot about the Bible, Ron, but I noticed there were some red parts in the back. And I just started reading them red parts. And when I got to that rehab, they had me on 140 milligrams of methadone. One day, I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to take this methadone every day. And I started decreasing on my own. 30 days later, I was cigarette-free, alcohol-free, methadone-free for the first time in 40 years. Hallelujah. I was 100% clean. And you are a fireball for Jesus. You have a ministry called Cardboard Box Ministries. We will talk about that in just a minute. But Bobby, right now there are some people dealing with addiction. What would you tell those people right now? I would tell that person to simply open that Bible and get alone with Jesus and just learn about Jesus. Read the scriptures. Read the Proverbs. When I read verses like my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge, I was being destroyed, and the knowledge I was missing was about Jesus. And he'll give you back the years that, the, that, that have been wasted. All these verses started speaking directly to me. But if you don't open that book, and surround yourself with people that know the real Jesus. And they and through them, Jesus will love that hell right out of you. So many times I wish that I could just start over and reprogram and reboot my brain so I didn't know anything about drugs. I was looking for that freedom. And where the freedom where where the Lord is, there is freedom. And who the sun sets free is truly free indeed. And I found out who I was in him and that he was my dad. It's as easy, Ron, as you just need to find out who your daddy is. Who's your daddy? And once you do, (laughs) (laughs) and once you do, your thinking starts changing. And remember, correction 
is not rejection. See, I, that, I had that mixed up. I thought correction, that people were rejecting me, but it's actually a better way for God to show you how to deal with things. Bobby, how do listeners find out more about you and your ministry? We're on social media, cardboardboxministries.org, Facebook, Bobby Hayden Jr. Uh, it, it's very easy to find on Facebook. The guy and I do a lot of churches, a lot of shelters. Uh, all I do now, Ron, is just show up with this with this inside of me, and and it's, it's as easy as just putting your arm around a guy and say, "Hey, listen, it's going to be all right," and he will love the hell out of them people right through me, and it has nothing to do with me. It's all him. It's all it's him. It's all him. It's, it's all him. Well, and we're going to work easy. on getting you down here to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and uh, do a big event. And uh, we're just going to put that in the hands of God. We'll plant that little seed out there. So, uh, Bobby, you're a little fireball, and I appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, one of the questions that I ask all the guests is the title of this show is Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So somebody listening, how do you get the hell out of your life? It's a one-step program. Admit to yourself, you may have missed a memo or two, and you find out about this man 2,000 years ago by the name of Jesus, who went to the cross and gave his life so that we will have a life more abundantly. And if you can receive that love, it's a done deal. He will love that hell out of you, and he starts eliminating your termites. Because, Ron, one thing I do know for sure, we all got a lot of termites. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Bobby Hayden, Jr. Bobby, you uh, you love life, don't you? Oh, it's, I had no idea that, 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 that there was, could be joy. I just had no idea. It's just taken me by surprise, and it never ends. It happens every day. Every day is uh, a it, new day. It, it, every, it's life yeah. more abundantly. It's exactly what the Word promised. Well, Bobby Hayden Jr., God bless you, and thank you so much for what you just shared with the listeners. And uh, I look forward to seeing you down here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yes, sir. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Ever felt the sting of being called out by someone? Have you ever encountered someone that claims to be Christian, but they're so judgmental and unloving that you thought, this is not for me? Are these experiences keeping you from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Jesus did not live that way and wants to be a part of your life. If you're ready to learn what following Jesus is really all about and experience His love and forgiveness, then call 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us online at chataboutjesus.com. This spring, you're invited to join for King & Country for the What Are We Waiting For Tour. G'day, it's Joel with For King & Country. We want to personally invite you to a brand new show playing many of your favorites as well as a new song or two. April 13th in Biloxi at Mississippi Coast Coliseum. This is Luke. We hope you'll join us this spring for the What Are We Waiting For Tour. Grab your tickets, a loved one, and a friend. We would love to see you there. For King and Country, the What Are We Waiting For Tour. You can reserve your tickets at forkingandcountry.com. Well, friends, my time is up, and I want to remind you 
that it doesn't matter what you have done in your life, God wants and needs to use your gifts, talents, and skills to accomplish his purpose in this world. You have something incredible waiting for you. When you commit your heart to Jesus, he will give you his voice. He will give you your purpose in life. This is your time, my friend, to get the hell out of your life and discover your destiny. Remember this, I love you, God loves you, and I'll be back next week with another great episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.